Stampede. Garner isn't 188, recorded 618, One thing is for certain in this world, nothing is forever. Sometimes events catch up with reality. There are people who would say events make our reality. In this respect, sometime and somehow, our government will have to face the reality it can no longer exist. Maybe It'll be some external event. Maybe it'll be internal, caused by its own failures. But whatever it will be, it'll have to come to an end. Some people say a thing of beauty is for always. That even with time, what is beautiful can always be. Museums serve that purpose to collect what is beautiful and preserve it for future generations so we can understand who and what we are. We look to the future by understanding the present and the past. So it can never be anything but a projection, a kind of mirage. 
Our only real future is our mortality. But that doesn't even guarantee how and when we come to a full stop, an irretrievable stop. This brings me to the recent deaths of two individuals, one of whom I once personally knew, and as of only a week ago, was violently murdered, and the other who was a killer, who I never knew personally, but whose ideas I found myself in agreement with. He died in prison. Both men had been born in Chicago. One was white and one was black, and both died on the same day. Normally, I don't get into the personalities of people. Even though I have in passing talked about President Biden and ex-President Donald Trump, most of my commentary revolves around the issues of our future. The reason I want to talk about the recent deaths of these two men is because of the manner in which one was murdered and the other because of his reasons for killing and injuring many people. Some of his ideas I agreed with, but never the methods he used to resolve the very real threats that the industrialized world poses to nature.
Ted Kaczynski died in prison. He had been convicted of killing three people and seriously injuring many others by sending homemade bombs through the U.S. mail. He was also considered to be a brilliant mathematician, admitted to Harvard University Undergraduate School at the age of 16. I know nothing of his work in mathematics except to say other mathematicians considered his work to be so unusual. Only a handful of people in this country were capable of understanding the complexity of his mathematical formulas. Ted was considered a prodigy child, born to modest parents in the Chicagoland area in 1942. He got his doctorate at Michigan University and began teaching mathematics at the University of California, Berkeley, at the age of 25. While at Michigan, according to his Wikipedia biography, there was a professor that described him as having a drive to discover a mathematical truth. Another set of Kaczynski It's not enough to say he was smart. But while at Berkeley, after two years, he resigned his teaching position and never continued to work in the field of mathematics. Other mathematicians who had studied his work thought his formulas could go no further. But for whatever reason, he stopped. Some pointed to his having volunteered in a psychological study at Harvard for mind control. It has been suggested his criminal activity was motivated by his participation in this study, but Kaczynski denied that. Regardless, after resigning from Berkeley, he returned to live with his parents outside of Chicago, but in 1971, he moved to a remote cabin which he had built near Lincoln, Montana. It was there he lived an uncomplicated life, free from even the use of electricity and running water. Kaczynski's cabin was described as containing a bed, two chairs, a gas stove, and lots of books. Between 1978 and 1995, Kaczynski killed three people and injured 23 others. He believed his victims were responsible for advancing modern technology that had destroyed the natural environment. Oh, my God.
Ted Kaczynski was a child prodigy, and his IQ was tested at 168. But his mathematical career ended in 1971 when he began a rigorous life of austerity, living as a recluse in a cabin, learning survival skills, and becoming self-sufficient. By 1979, Kaczynski resolved to fight industrialization causing the destruction of nature through acts of terrorism. For 17 years, from 1979 to 1996, he became the subject of the longest and most expensive investigation in the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The media that covered his career as a killer referred to him as the Unabomber. Eventually, the arrest came when he sent an essay to the New York Times promising to end his reign of terror if they published his manifesto, arguing that his bombings were extreme but necessary to bring attention to the erosion of the natural world by modern technology. It was a call for mass organization protesting for the protection of the natural world. Janet Reno, the then Attorney General under the Clinton administration, pushed to have the manifesto published. And so, with its appearance in the Washington Post, Kaczynski's brother recognized the writing and informed the FBI that his brother Ted was the Unabomber. It led to his arrest in 1996. I won't describe the various acts of terrorism which resulted in the murdering of three people and injuring 23 others, except to say it was the work of a man mentally disturbed. His acts of violence could never have resolved the real truth of what was taking place, that indeed we as a species were destroying our connection to the natural world, that DNA exists in every living thing, and that we were connected to that condition that what we were doing was irreversible and could only lead to the mass extinction of species. I'm not in the habit of endorsing the thinking of a killer, but Kaczynski was right about what we've created. We've built a technological world antithetical to nature a danger to ourselves and to other living things.
I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican. I'm neither a communist, a socialist, or an anarchist. I like to think of myself as an admirer of beautiful things. I'm an artist trained to look at what is beautiful. But the other side of that is, I see the unbeautiful, or put another way, what is ugly. Corruption, violence, and greed fall into that category. They're ugly human conditions, and I don't like encountering them in my life. So, Ted Kaczynski was sent to prison for the remainder of his life for some very ugly things, murdering and injuring many people. But Kaczynski was also right. He believed dramatic action was necessary to stop what was happening in the natural world. He was wrong, and yet he was right. I'm an artist, and that puts me in the category of being a natural man. I believe in the beauty of nature, and I accept its ugliness. I also see our connection to the natural world. That's where we came from, and it's what also sustains us. It's estimated that human activity is driving natural species into extinction at an alarming speed. We are destroying the very condition that sustains us. We can't exist without the natural world. A recent UN report wrote unprecedented species rates of extinction are accelerating. It's estimated that more than 40% of amphibians, 33% of reef-forming coral, and more than 33% of all marine mammals are threatened. Changes by achieving transformative goals across economic, social, political, and technological advancements are becoming necessary. Development for improving poverty, hunger, health, water, cities, climate, oceans, and land are being undermined by the present trends of biodiversity being lost in nature. Up to a million species are threatened with extinction. Kaczynski may have been a child prodigy in mathematics, but he stopped that career to use violent means to bring attention to a real threat to all living things. He was wrong about his methods and died in prison, but right about the future.
I started this show about two men who had died on the same day. Ted Kaczynski was one. The other was Eddie Spann. Unfortunately, I was mistaken about Spann dying the same day. My apologies. But to continue, Spann was murdered on the south side of Chicago. He was a classmate of my brother's, two years ahead of me in my high school. I received an email saying that the body of a man by the name of William Edward Spann was found in a burning minivan and had been shot. Spann's body was found on the passenger side of the vehicle and ruled by the coroner's office as a homicide. Although my brother knew Spann better, I did have conversations with him, usually about a girl he found attractive in my class. It's safe to say Eddie liked women. So when my brother sent me word Eddie met with a violent death, the first thing that popped into my head was that he was caught by some irate husband for running with his wife. But the truth of the matter is, Eddie was a victim of what can only be described as the result of an economic system of consumerism that fosters violence. Eddie could have died for lots of reasons, all of them probably bad, but he wasn't the only murderer in this country, what with over 26,000 annually. I've never known anyone murdered before, but people should be prepared for those numbers to increase. Killing is nothing new, but if Ted Kaczynski's ideas were correct, wholesale murder is just around the corner. It's reported that one in every 75 people on this planet are now migrants, fleeing from political turmoil or changes in the climate, or just plain poverty. That number is going to increase. Governments will fall. Wars will increase. Famine will be commonplace even in prosperous countries. Things are changing, and if you think this country is immune from what is coming, you're only kidding yourself. You're wrong thinking you're secure. You see, you've never been secure. That's part of the lie we've been fed. The truth is, you've been used, and you won't see it coming.
this week on Garner Isn't, you heard the music of Philip Glass. First, from the 1983 opera Akhenaten, a cut from Act One, Scene One. Then another cut from Akhenaten, followed by Satyagraha, a 1973 Philip Glass opera, The Evening Song. Next, a cut from Prophecies for the 1982 movie Koyana Squatsi, and then with more from Prophecies, and finally, a shortcut from Evening Song, performed by tenor Douglas Perry. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.